This morning, as we prepare in the Word, we're going to be, uh, in many places, uh, four specific places today, but we just came out of a series, and we'll return there after the first of the year, after the Advent series. We'll return to Philippians, but I'm trying as best I can to always reference Philippians during the Advent season. I don't want you to forget the importance of the book of Philippians. So we're going to start there today. You can turn to Philippians chapter 4, and while you're doing that, let me just encourage you, if you are visiting today, we have cards in the back of the chairs in front of you. If you have any questions, want any answers about who Concord Bible Church is, what do we do, what are our, our ministries, please fill that out. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, on the back, flip that card over, and you can write out your prayer requests. And as you leave today in our gigantic lobby, you may uh, deposit those in the box on the right-hand side. Let's pray as we endeavor that the Lord might instruct us, encourage, and inspire us this morning. Bow with me, please. Father, you have given us all good things. The message of your Son was a clear one of hope of peace, of love, of joy. This message brings eternal life for those who seek it, for those who understand the importance of the babe in the manger. This morning, Father, is now in our second week of dedication and celebration of the Advent season, the coming of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Speak to our hearts as we focus on the promise of peace. Work beyond our abilities. Speak to each heart, each soul here this morning. Amen. Well, this morning as uh, we speak about the idea of peace, the sermon title is A Transcendent Peace. You can take out your sermon notes. Uh, they're blank. That's so that you can fill them in. Uh, and so I'll have some things on the screen, but not a whole lot. So it'll give you opportunity as the Spirit leads you to write down what triggers in your head, in your mind, in your heart, the important things that the Lord has for you today. Uh, let me start with saying this. The transcendent peace of Jesus Christ helps us weather the momentary cyclone bombs in life. Let me say that one more time. The transcendent peace of Christ helps us weather the momentary cyclone bombs in life. Now, how many of you are familiar with a cyclone bomb? If you don't know me, I'm not sure if I vacillate somewhere between a cynic a sarcastic cynic, a cynical skeptic, a sarcastic cynical skeptic that is saved, you get the picture. Man, back in the day, it was just, we're having rain. Make sure you have your umbrellas, and that was it. Then the first one I heard was the Pineapple Express. Remember that? Remember when we heard that? And so whoever that weatherman was who came up with that, or weather person, climatologist, 
they must have got a huge bonus. They must have gotten their name written up in Wikipedia or, or the, the Hall of Fame of Climatologists. I don't know what the deal is because now every year it's a thing to come up with a new nomenclature or statement. So if you're wondering, well, what are you talking about, Pastor? What? Here's what I'm talking about. Last year, what was it? Actually, the previous three years. Atmospheric river. The Pineapple Express somehow turned into an atmospheric river. I mean, if you can't spell out more doom and gloom, but they found a way. Because this year, it's now termed the what? The cyclone bomb. As a matter of fact, somebody, somebody this past week on Monday, I was driving through and, and uh, a place, Starbucks. Okay, let's just get past it. And, uh, and the gal at the window says to me, she goes, are you ready to survive the, the Genesis level cyclone bomb? And I'm like, wow, I didn't know you knew scripture. What are you talking about? I, cyclone bomb's not... A, Yet cyclone bomb is in Scripture. And we're going to point it out today. There is a very interesting understanding that our world is filled with anxiety and stress. What is a cyclone bomb and what does it matter? It's fear. It's anxiety. It's stress. It's worry for the message today. That in order to look at the need for peace and the understanding for peace, it's like the contrast between light and darkness. How do we appreciate light? We appreciate it most when it's in the what? It's in the dark. You see, one lit bulb in the midst of a bright room doesn't stand out or catch our attention as much, but a single lit bulb in a dark, dark area. How many of you saw the Mount Diablo lighthouse lit last night? Yeah. First time, first time I ever saw that. It's kind of crazy. And we were driving, we were all the way over in Fairfield and I could see it. It was faint, but I could see it. And so, take that same concept, brothers and sisters, and think about the fact of the value, the transcendent value of peace. What are we talking about today? Why did Jesus come? What is the transcendent value of the advent of Jesus Christ? So, let's look. By the way, as we, we talk about cyclone bombs, did you know that this was really put in about Thanksgiving week storm? Remember Thanksgiving week storm? Were you aware that the largest wave ever was recorded off Humboldt County? I mean, you want to talk about cyclone bomb, 75-foot wave. We're talking about the coast of California. There's 125-foot waves, things that have hit like that. But off the coast of California, 75-foot wave. How many of you had a ton of anxiety about that? It was on its way. It was going to ruin your life. And you ran out and you bought water. You bought you know, supplies for a week. Yet, how many of you went and bought water and supplies for a week in your emergency blankets when you heard PG&E was going to shut off your power? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I don't need to spend a lot of time making a case that we have a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of stress in our life. Amen? Let's just move past that. 
But I have to bring that up and mention that so that we understand and appreciate in a much deeper realization the value, the transcendent value of peace. Well, what is transcendent peace? When you take the idea of, of what is listed here in Philippians as we get to it in a moment, it's this idea of excellent, excelling, surpassing, or supreme. That's what this Greek word actually means. Some of your texts will say the all-surpassing. Let's look at it. Let's get into the text this morning. We're going to start in Philippians 4, 6-7. through 7, And I'm going to read it from my Scriptures here. And it says this, Do not be anxious about anything. What are we starting with? You see, Paul knows, Jesus knows, the Father knows, the Spirit knows that we are surrounded with anxiety and stress. And yet Paul says what? Be anxious about just a few things. Just be anxious about those things that are really bothering you. Be anxious about nothing. Are you kidding, Paul? How do you do that? This is beautiful. This is the supreme power of peace. This is where we start today. The supreme power of peace. Let's finish the Scripture. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And here it comes. And the peace of God, which what? transcends, surpasses, goes beyond all what? Understanding. The best thing I can say about this before I finish is, if you've tasted it, you know it. If you have tasted this peace, you know exactly what Paul is talking about. If you have tasted this all-surpassing and supreme power of peace that Jesus Christ brings, then you understand why Paul can say, what? Be anxious about what? A few things? Some things? Nothing. Nothing. But he says, and the peace of God, and here's the promise, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Let me, let me help you understand that a little bit better. Because of Christ Jesus. Is it agreed we live in a society today that is completely chaotic and has so much anxiety that all we do is medicate ourselves? Over and over and over we medicate ourselves. Yesterday was my son's birthday. So we went out and he wanted to go to a place called Top Golf, and so we went to Top Golf and I really was like, I don't think we want to do that, Janine, because it's a big driving range and you can kind of play certain games and try to hit into certain holes and all this. And it's fun and they bring you tons of food and <clears throat> it's way too expensive and it's kind of ridiculous. And, but it is fun. But it was raining. There was a cyclone bomb in case people didn't notice. And I said, babe, I don't think we want to be standing out on this deck exposed to the elements with the cyclone bomb hitting and uh, 
When we got over there, we had lunch. It was great. And then we went to his apartment. That was great. And it really wasn't raining. So we said, let's go. Let's do this. And so the family, the cousins were there, auntie and uncle, and some other people, one of Dylan's roommates. And so we're, we're playing. We're hitting this thing. And, and then all of a sudden, the cyclone bomb hits. And if you stepped out past this red line, I don't know why the cyclone bomb knew that the red line was the red line. That's like, by the way, you're, you're 40, 50, 5,000 feet up in the air, and there's nothing. There's a little net. So if you overswing, right, because it's a little wet, you could pirouette right off this thing and, and land in this net, and it would be, it would be sad. It would really be sad. And uh, so the cyclone bomb hits, and it's not real comfortable to be out there. But then something else hit. Somebody ordered food. Right? Now you heard me say that we are medicating ourselves. <laughs> Some of us medicate, we really do medicate. But it's not solving a lot. It does solve some things. But other of us, others of us medicate our anxiety and our pain in ways that just temporarily distract us. It doesn't take away. There's no supremacy of power in these treatments. But I had one of those moments yesterday. You see, they brought some new thing. I don't, I don't have a name for it other than sent from heaven on high. <laughs> and it's a donut hole. Big deal, a donut hole, right? What, what's the big deal? <sighs> it is a donut hole. And it com- I kid you not, I've never seen this in my life. It comes with... It co- you're going to have to get the visual on this. It comes with three syringes of syrup. One syringe of strawberry syrup. Thank you. One of chocolate. One of caramel. My, my daughter's boyfriend turns around from being out there in the cyclone bomb and sees me sitting on this couch with a donut hole and a syringe. And I'm just like this. That's after like number eight. And I'm just like, and he just starts laughing. I was medicating, folks. And I had no problem walking into the cyclone bomb for about 10, 15 minutes. I was ready for it, and I hit, I hit the best shot I've ever hit at Top Golf. It was incredible. But after about 15 minutes, after the beauty of whatever that thing is, it's donut holes on, like, it looks like you're doing heroin. I'm sorry. It just. It's horrible. And so I had to stop myself. I had to pray, literally pray, because my, my daughter's boyfriend's looking at me. He's like laughing, but he's like, this is scary. <laughs> and, and so we are medicating ourselves with worthless things because of the level of stress, because of the level of anxiety. There is nothing more supreme in answering fear, anxiety, and stress than the power of Jesus Christ and the peace that He brings. Amen? Now you just heard the definition and the promise. I'm not going to camp out there. Let's move. I'm going to come back to it. Let's go to the prophetic title of peace. Let's start with yesterday, shall we? How did all this come about? How did all of this happen? You're going to hear this passage reiterated during the lighting of the Advent candle. So turn to Isaiah chapter 9, and this is a prophecy, obviously by the prophet Isaiah, going back 
hundreds and hundreds of years prior to the birth of Jesus Christ. And the challenge here is that you have this prophetic title of peace. Why is that even needed? Because there's an innate problem with the world that we live in. It is filled with stress, with anxiety, with fear. Can I just bring that down to one term for you and for myself? That term is sin. The world is filled with sin. And God's instruction to Cain is something we should always heed. Sin is waiting at your door. And it seeks to what? Destroy you. Devour you. Be careful. Be careful with the choices that you make. If you do what is right, will it not go well for you? Will you not have peace? Will your heart not be settled? God gave an answer and yet Cain refused it. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, mankind has had a problem. But God said, enough is enough. I will make a solution. And I will tell you hundreds of years ahead of time before it shows up to give you hope. That was last week. So let's look at it. This is the prophecy. Starting in verse 6, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. In other words, he will have all authority. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And here it is, the what? The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be huge limitations. It will only answer some people's anxiety. Only if you are good enough. Only if you satisfy. Only if you accomplish these things. Only if you truly believe and everybody else believes you, got your, you have your life together will you experience that peace. Is that what the prophecy was? There will be no what? End. Amen? Amen? Brothers and sisters, what the world has for us, there was an end to those druggy donuts. After a while they were down, they were, they were gone, Zippo, and, and I lost my power to drive that ball. I lost my motivation. I saw the cyclone bomb. I'm like, I'm not getting wet anymore. Not even for, well, I, don't, I just don't have, my, I don't have my sustenance. You understand what I'm saying there, right? A little hyperbole. We have some visitors in the audience today, so I just need to make sure there's balance to what you're hearing. I often use hyperbole to point out really the spiritual implications because Christ did. The reality for you and I is that God saw the problem with mankind. And through His prophet Isaiah, He made a prolific statement about peace. I will send the One who all authority will be with Him. There will be nothing that can stand in His way. He will be wonderful. He will be a counselor. He will be mighty God. Amen? And of His peace, there will be no end. No limitation. How are your marriages? 
How are your relationships with your children? How is your work? How is your own ego? What drives you every day? Why are your anxieties and your fears and your stresses what they are? Do they have anything to do with what God has for you? Jesus never said that this world, this world, would be without stress. As a matter of fact, He said the contrary. He said there will be what? There will be trouble. There will be trouble. But you're going to hear in a moment in that same section where He's speaking, He talks about the promise of peace and how that comes to us and how He brings that to us. Jesus was the prophet, the answer of the prophet Isaiah. Now if that prophecy was never answered, we would have reason to doubt. We would have more anxiety. But it was. Brothers and sisters, this is where we start with transcendent peace. Because the prophecy was realized. The prophecy happened. Why do I struggle to live in peace? Mankind has always suffered fear and stress. Sometimes when there's a cyclone bomb of sin, there needs to be an answer. And that answer is transcendent peace. Let's move to the Gloria. The announcement of Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful way to... And, and go ahead and go to Luke chapter 2. Beautiful way to start our service today. Um, I, Joe doesn't get to see my notes ahead of time, and yet this is a major point today. The Gloria. The Gloria is the announcement of peace. So, so far we have... <clears throat> The demonstrative statement that there is supremacy in the power of Jesus' transcendent peace. Well, is that true? We can say a lot of things. We can bloviate all we want. But is there truth and power behind a statement like that? Well, let's just go back in history because man's problem, his anxiety, his fear, his stresses have been here since the dawn of creation. God says, that is not satisfactory. I will make a way. He prophesied through Isaiah that that's going to be resolved and then Jesus comes. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas. And let me paint a picture for you that's glorious. All of heaven showed up. We can't begin to understand the vision of the shepherds in the local hills that night. All of heaven showed up. Think about when Mary had a visitation by Gabriel. How many angels? One. Think about Joseph when he had a visitation from the angel to prepare him for what was in front of him. How many angels showed up? One. Sorry. I go big or I go home. I want to be on the Bethlehem Hills on that night. I want to see what those shepherds saw. To have the gates of heaven open up and all of the heavenly hosts be proclaiming praises. What is the biggest announcement you can possibly think of? Think about the cavalcades that Rome used to have where a general would come back and, and all the city would come out and, and for hundreds of yards people would be lined up screaming and yelling and throwing flowers and there would be a huge parade. It, it pales in comparison to the heavenly hosts 
who had been waiting for this moment. They had been waiting for this moment, and they were given the opportunity to line up and reveal themselves to mankind. Brothers and sisters, this was no ordinary announcement. The importance of this announcement of Jesus transcends all other announcements. Do you see this? If that is the case, if the heavenly hosts were given permission to reveal themselves to mankind, to proclaim on earth all simultaneously, how important was this? How life-changing was this? From heaven's perspective. You see, heaven said this is going to be a game-changer. For mankind and the angels knew what was coming and the scripture tells us that they look at salvation for mankind with wonderment they don't operate in that fashion they are not redeemed by the work on the cross they don't experience the love of christ the way we do and so when they were there singing they knew the value of what was happening in bethlehem the announcement of Jesus. I hope you remember the announcement of Jesus into your own life. And if today you do not have that announcement yet, I encourage you, seek that. Know that there is a story that's very active here. Know that this is real and it's to be experienced by the individual. Remember, refresh when you first tasted of that peace of Jesus Christ. So it keeps your life fresh and alive and filled with transcendent peace. The direct promise of peace. Turn to John 14, if you will. John 14. And this is a section of Scripture where Jesus has already been doing His ministry for quite a while. He's preparing the disciples for His death and His resurrection. And he's saying, I'm going to be leaving. Part of why we celebrate Advent, brothers and sisters, is because there will be a second Advent. One of the things that challenges me every Christmas is when we celebrate Advent, I wonder, had I been there for the first one, would I have believed? Would I have noticed? Would I have bought in? This morning, I encourage you on the same level. Are you buying in? Do you believe He's truly coming back with the second advent? What He's about to say is that promise. That promise plays out in other areas of Scripture, but what He's about to say to His disciples in John 14 is a prophecy about the second advent. But He understands the anxiety and the stress of our separation from Him, and so He promises something. The direct promise of peace. My question to you is this. Why be troubled? This is Jesus' question when He starts out with this passage. John 14, <clears throat> verse 27. And He says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be what? So I ask you the same question today, brothers and sisters. What's troubling your heart? What is troubling your heart? When the gift of Christ was brought to you, when the gift of Christ was brought to me, did I understand that 
He brought a transcendent peace for me to hold on to, for me to live in, for me to understand, for me to survive by. So why be troubled? Because of Jesus, we can, we can survive or we can weather a cyclone bomb. Jesus says there will be trouble in this world, but He gives us peace that transcends. Let me finish the verse. Again, He says, I leave with you My peace I give to you. I'm sorry, peace I leave with you, My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard Me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love Me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Jesus understands your heart. He understands the stresses that happen from separation and relationship. And He created an answer. The Father created an answer. He's given us His Holy Spirit to be that counselor that gives us the peace in moments of great stress, anxiety, and fear. Amen? The direct promise of peace. Jesus promises this. Jesus can promise with all authority because why? Because He fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Because He has lived in a response to the Gloria announcement and has been confirmed by heaven as being the Christ. Jesus brings credibility So much of our time in dealing with fear and anxiety and stress, we put ourselves, we subject ourselves to other things that do not have the supremacy of power to bring transcendent peace. I want you to pause and think in your own life, what do you fill your life with that you depend on when you're stressed out? Now, wouldn't it be great if that really answered all your anxiety, all your fear, and all your stress? And yet, the counseling world around us is so frustrated because they just keep seeing the same people over and over and over. The challenges, the difficulties, Brothers and sisters, Jesus brings a transcendent peace. It transcends the answers of everything else we seek, we indulge ourselves into, that we might escape anxiety, stress, and fear. When you have tasted 
of that goodness and that supreme peace, you know it. And it starts to breathe life into you. It starts to make those troubles, by the way, those troubles which will always what? When you know Christ, all those troubles go away. Right? Did you get the pamphlet? They don't go away. But because I have tasted of the goodness of God in my life in the time of fear, in the time of anxiety, in the time of stress, and He has given me supernatural peace in that moment, regardless of the cyclone bomb that's hitting me, I can stand out past the red line with a 30 mile an hour wind and rain pelting me in the face and I can drive a ball perfectly straight 208 yards. But with Jesus, I should be able to do that every time. Not just a sugar high. Once we've tasted of that supreme peace, we begin to understand why the announcement came from the angels. Let's finish up this morning with this. Uh, Actually, the direct promise of peace. I'm sorry, I'm behind. I'm more into preaching than clicking. So let's just get to the everlasting result of peace. Ephesians 2, 14-19. And as we get there this morning, I don't expect you to be able to read that. That's why I put it in italicized. (laughs) So you'll turn in your Scriptures to Ephesians. It's just eye candy sitting up there. The message, the, pri- the primary message in the book of Ephesians has everything to do with peace. It, it is the message of unity. It's the message of bringing two opposing groups that are constantly in conflict with one another together because of Jesus Christ. So with that understanding, listen to this Scripture 14-19 through and see if it starts to help you understand how this is the everlasting result of peace because of the Prince of Peace. Because of He who granted peace on earth. Because of the One who said, Peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. Now, years after the fact, Is this truly working? Is this truly happening? Let's see what Paul speaks to to the church at Ephesus starting in verse 14. He says, For He Himself, He being Christ, is our what? He's our peace. Who has made us, meaning more than one person, us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall. If Jesus Christ never came to earth in bodily form, the advent, the dividing wall between individuals could never be broken. But because of Jesus, there can be peace between all nations, between all cultures, between all people. Amen? Because when we taste of the peace of Christ, when we commit in faith our lives to Jesus Christ, it is solely about Jesus Christ. Amen? Then we start to understand the One we follow, the One we worship, and then we stop trying to put in additives to control our stress, our anxiety, and we start leaning on the One who truly has the supreme power to fix those things. 
<coughs> Let me continue. Broken down in His flesh, the dividing wall of all hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that He may create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. Let me just speak to something quickly. I've said probably more than three times now something to the effect of the failed systems around us and the failed medication. Understand something that, that if I stop, if I choose to stop breathing, should I expect the Lord to supernaturally infuse my body with oxygen? No. If I want to stay alive and keep preaching to you over the next five minutes, I need to what? I need to breathe. There are things physiologically, brothers and sisters, that make sense for us to use. That God has given us that knowledge. He's given us that ability. But when we solely depend on those things, we surrender over the ability to see this transcendent peace of God work in our lives. And we have settled for the temporary fix. So just like this, he's talking about the law and the ordinances. Brothers and sisters, the law and the ordinances were there as mechanical processes to keep things kind of straight and organized and focused, and, but it was imperfect. So when there's a, de a, a declaration of Gloria, of announcements, understand that the heavenly host knew that an imperfect system was about to be replaced by the perfect system. Have you ever been in that situation where you had a faulty part in your car and you're asking, why on earth did they design it this way? And you take it in and they get it fixed and, and months down the line, years down the line, you're saying, this is fantastic. I don't know why they didn't do this in the first place. That's the one question I, I want to have with the Lord. Why didn't you do this in the first place? Why did we have to operate with the law or, or the others operate with the law? But the beauty is, for you and I right now, we have had the perf perfect replace the imperfect. Remember, there is supreme power in Christ. This morning as I finish up, understand that, again, he's, Paul's saying that through Jesus, the one man, in place of the two, so making peace. And He might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. I love the verbiage Paul uses. Whatever that anxiety is, whatever that stress is in your life, how would you love to kill it off? How would you love to kill it off? Not maintain it, not manage it. Kill it. I know that sounds a bit brutal coming from a church. I went to church today and the pastor was talking about like killing. Let's go. Let's kill. Brothers and sisters, when there's something so insipid and nefarious as sin trying to steal life away from us, I will not mince words because Christ did not. He wants the best for us. And He came to give us the best. And part of that is peace. So why would I choose a donut hole? In closing this morning, we talked about the Prince of Peace. We talked about the glorious statement of peace on earth. We heard the statement and the promise, right? The direct promise of peace by Jesus. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. We also heard what? We heard that 
Jesus desires that that anxiety, that trouble, that hostility be killed off in our lives. He came that that might be accomplished. So my question to you is, when we think about where we started today in Philippians 4, remember he says, rejoice, again, rejoice, add to that thankfulness, and then add to that prayers to the One who is supreme, the Prince of Peace, and then it comes with a promise. And the peace that transcends all understanding will what? Guard your heart and your mind. Brothers and sisters, my stress, my anxiety, my fears, do not, they do not reside in my elbow. And they don't reside in yours. They reside in your heart and they reside in your mind. So when Paul, or when Jesus gives this promise, he knew exactly what he was talking about. What a beautiful message and powerful, supremely powerful message of peace for us today. Amen? So then you've heard me say why, why, why over and over today. It's my last why question. Why, my friends, are you troubled about cyclone bombs in your lives? When you have that kind of peace sent from heaven for you. Let me close in prayer. Lord, we come to You understanding what was promised to us. We can take all confidence that what was promised is real and it transcends all other things around us that we put into our lives that are temporary fixes, shallow fixes, or, or, or no fixes at all. Father, help us to understand and taste of the peace that was promised to us because of the coming of Jesus Christ. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Thank you, Father. Amen.